Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his 21 series with a life-changing message entitled Doors of Opportunity. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Praise God. I believe God has given me a word today. And of course, our devotional today was, can you, can your faith stand, right? From 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I really love the direction of that because Paul's heart there was that he didn't want the church at Corinth to stand in the wisdom of man, but he wanted them to stand in the power of God. And I believe his power is present today. Anybody else believe his power is present today? And so let's open up and let's let him have his way today. Today we're going to talk about doors of opportunities. And I believe that's a word God gave me during this 21 days of prayer and fasting is that there would be supernatural doors of opportunity that would open for his people this year. I got two amens. Let me see it. Get a little bit more faith in here. Uh, There would be supernatural doors of opportunity that would open for his people this year. And these are doors that only God can open for you. You can't open these for yourself. These are doors that only God himself can open. And so sometimes people don't seize their God-given opportunities because of all of the adversity that comes along with it. How many know Satan's just not going to lay down and let you walk through a door without creating some opposition? Let's read our opening text here. And Paul here in his travels and the plans that he had had sensed and noticed that God was doing something in his ministry. And he says these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 uh, out of the New King James Version. He says, for a great and effective door has opened to me. Now we get all excited about the great and effective door that is open to me. But that's not all he said. Then he said, and there be many adversaries. And so let's understand this a little bit. The word great means megas, big, exceeding, and great. So the door God's going to open for you this year, it's going to be big, it's going to be exceeding, and it is going to be great. Okay? But that's not all he said. He said that that door would be great and that that door would be effective. The word effective means active, operative, and powerful. So it's going to be a a powerful, huge door that is going to open for you. But notice what he said, and there be many adversaries. And so what you've got to understand, the bigger the door, the bigger the adversity that comes along with that door. The word adversity or adversaries here in the Greek means to lie opposite, to be adverse, to be contrary, and then I really love this word, to oppose. So in other words, the great door, effective door is going to open, and it's going to be powerful, but there are going to be many people who oppose you in that effort. Many situations that will oppose that effort. And we need to be as excited about the adversity as we are the open door. Because we don't get to grow and develop without the adversity. And so adversaries bring adversity. That is opposition. And again, we know the devil's never going to let us seize an opportunity without putting forth his best fight. The biggest difference between the people 
who sees their God-given opportunity and those who don't, the man or woman of faith loses sight of the opportunity in the midst of all the adversity. So in other words, I know God did this for me, but why is all of this happening? And if God really opened that up, then why is all of this happening? And I'm, what I'm saying to you, why not? Because you'll never know how developed your faith is unless it's put through some kind of test. So let's look at some examples of this in the Word of God. Number one, what really made David king? What really made David king, right? What made him the king of Israel? I know most of us will say, uh, well, God chose him over all of his brothers. And how many of you know that's true? But, but we're going to really look into it a little, little deeper today. What made David king of Israel? It's because God chose him to be king of Israel in 1 Samuel 16. So we know God's behind the whole thing. But what really made David king was his confrontation with Goliath. And a lot of times we have to accept the fact that even though God may call you to do something, the people won't respect it until you accomplish something. And so even though God made David king, he didn't become king in the eyes of the people until he defeated Goliath. And as I examine this more and more, maybe Goliath could have kept him from being king. He could have lost his life, life in that battle. He could have decided that giant's a little too big for me to battle. So I'm setting you up for something here. When God opens up these doors, it's not automatic. There's work you have to put in. There's faith you have to demonstrate. There's battles still to be won. I just want to say this. I didn't say this in the first service. It was actually 13 years after God anointed him as king that he actually became king. And so sometimes God will call you way back there and then prove you. See how bad you really want it. Let's look at this. What really made David king? Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's read verses 22 through 33. I could read more, but I'm going to save some time here. It says, And David left the supplies in the hand of the supply keeper at the direction of his father Jesse. His father Jesse had instructed him in verses 20 through 22 to take some food and some um, uh, items to his brothers. And then he ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And so this giant champion from Gath of the Philistines would come up before the armies of Israel every single day, multiple times throughout the day, and he would call for a man that would fight him. And he would say, come out and fight me. And if you beat us, then we'll serve you. But if I beat your man, then you all will come and serve us. Now, how many know those are words? And when we hear words, we either respond in fear or we respond in faith. 
Let's keep reading here in verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. How many of y'all know that's the opportunity? So I don't even know if you heard that. He said he's going to enrich him, not with riches, with great riches. How I many know if you get the king's daughter, you get a lot of privileges that come along with that? And then the one that got me the most excited, your family won't have to pay taxes for the rest of your life. Now, I just want you to think about how long your money would be right now if you didn't pay taxes. All right? so, so notice, everyone heard the same thing, but everyone didn't respond the same. Let's pick it up in verse 26. So then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, hold on, wait a minute, what? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, David is seeing an opportunity and he's building his faith. I mean, words build your faith. Right? So if you're not saying words of faith, then you're probably saying the opposite of that. So David is building his faith, right? He knows this uncircumcised uh, Philistine doesn't have a covenant with his God. Verse 27, and the people answered him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. So, so why, David said, so why did they respond that way? Because this is a huge opportunity. Huge but the only way to get it, you got to kill Goliath. Now, here's the reality, folks. Depending on how your faith is developed and built up, you're either going to see that opportunity and say, I'm not ready for it. Or you're going to see that opportunity and say, my God has made me more than ready for it. And I don't even have to fight in this battle. All I have to do is believe God and get in it. Watch this. Verse 28. Now, and the people answered him in the matter, saying, so shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now, verse 28 is an important verse because Eliab is someone that we all have in our lives. Eliab is a dream killer. <laughs> Eliab puts rain on all of your excitement. Eliab douses your fire, right? A lot of times, Eliab is very close to you. Siblings co-worker, sometimes parent, child. So now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? So he gets angry at him. You ever shared your dream with somebody, and they got angry at you because you thought, you talking about you can do something that big? Get out of here. Anybody ever been there before? Right? And then they'll begin to minimize who you are and what you've accomplished up to that point. How are you going to do that? And you've never even done this. Right? We all have Eliabs in our lives. All right? Let's keep reading here. Few sheep in the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. 
And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, we got to read a little bit into that verse. How I many know David asked the question again? Now, tell me again, what does the person get <laughs> that kills Goliath? And they rehearsed it again. See, you, you understand faith comes by hearing. So the reason David wants to keep hearing it, because it's building his faith. And so they rehearsed it again in his ears. He's going to be greatly enriched. He'll get the king's daughter. And again, the one that excites me, your family won't have to pay taxes. I don't know about you all. That one right there, I'd jump in the fight for that one right there. I want you to think about how long your money would be. Just dream for a minute. If you got all of your check. See, sometimes that's what makes it challenging for people to even give. Because they like, I got to give 40%, 10%, or 30%, whatever it is, 10%. What am I going to live on? But if you know the character of God, he'll take the 10% and give you back the 30% and then take you way beyond that. Okay? So now watch this. So David wants clarity on that. So then he turned uh, from him towards another and said the same thing. And then they answered him the same way the first ones did. So, so, so again, I went back in my room. My, was, my wife was like, are you studying that again? I said, I think I saw something that I see, didn't see in the first service. So David is asking multiple groups of people. How I many know sometimes that's good to do to make sure the first group is not lying? <laughs> right? Anybody ever done that before? Let me just make sure what they're talking about is right. What's going to happen over here to the, to the guy that kills it? And they all were saying the same thing. Watch this. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. So, again, we got to read a little bit, 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 a little bit into this. So, David draw, drew the conclusion, I'll get him. I'll fight him. Let me get him. Now, what's motivating David? The opportunity. Now, this was 40 days straight that the giant had been doing this. Why didn't the whole army? How can one be motivated and a whole army be in fear? What's the difference between a whole army and the one? Faith. So then David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now watch his leader, Saul. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine, little boy, and fight with him. See, what he's really saying is, I was too scared to fight him. And if I can't beat him, you can't beat him either. I got a word for somebody. Just because somebody else couldn't do it, doesn't mean you can't do it. Oh, let me try this room over here. Come on, I got a word for somebody. Just because somebody else didn't do it, doesn't mean you can't do it. He said, you are not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. I'm just going to stop there. So much more I can say. What happened here? David seized an opportunity. You know the rest of that story. Knocked him out with five smooth, uh, uh, one uh, smooth stone. Now, how many of y'all know one little small stone can't kill a giant? 
I'm going to tell you what happened to that stone. Because David was willing to get in the fight. When he reached in his pocket, put the stone in the slingshot and slung it, an angel got behind the Right, Because all God needed was somebody to step up so he could actually show out. And God took the stone and then drove it at a velocity and stuck it right in his head. See, sometimes what you don't understand, all you got to do is start. And then God will get behind you. And help you with the rest. I feel like I just made the devil so mad in here. Can we just give God a real good hallelujah? All right. So all everyone else saw was adversity. And they said it's too big to overcome. David saw adversity as well. But his faith said it's too big not to overcome. See, they said if I go out there, I might get killed. David said he's too big to miss. How I many I know you can get to a place, point number two, where you develop joy in overcoming adversity? Let's read a couple of verses. I'm talking about you can get to a place where you have utter joy just to, for an opportunity to overcome adversity. Let's look at Micah chapter 7, verse 8. I'm going to read out of the New uh, Living Translation. It says, do not gloat over me, my enemies. You all ever had people that just couldn't wait to, for you to fail or fall and talk about you? Do not gloat over me, my enemies. You got to have some of this about you that I'm getting ready to read. For though I fall, I will rise again. You got to learn how to look them right in their face and say, talk about me while you can. Because I won't be in this situation for the rest of my life. I promise you that. You better get it all in right now. Because the day is coming when I will rise again. Come on, somebody put your hand over your heart and say, I will rise again. Go ahead and thank God for that, right? It says, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. See, he's going to be your revelation, your instruction. While you're sitting in that darkness, just spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. While everybody else is talking about you, he's giving you direction and ideas and telling you and showing you how to get out of that situation, right? And just keep trusting that he's going to be a light to you in that dark spot. Psalms 34, 19 says, how many of y'all know bad things happen to good people? Psalms 34, uh, verse 19, the Passion Translation says, Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that right now. The Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Pray with me in the Spirit for a moment. The Lord will not let them be defeated by what they face. When bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Listen to me very carefully. There's someone in here that during that pandemic 
you're a good person. You've been doing the right things for the right reasons. You just hit some hard times. Don't play with what I'm getting ready to say either. Listen very carefully from your spirit. What happened to you is you lost your transportation during that pandemic, which means you lost opportunities. But now opportunities are opening back up, and you don't have transportation. You're believing God. Who was that person? Raise your hand. I'm going to know you when I see you. Who was that person? Raise your hand. Come here. This one right here, sir. The Lord's giving you a car today. He's been watching you. 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 Yeah, he's been watching you. He saw all of it. He saw all of it. Now, I want you to listen to me. I only saw a picture of this car, but we're going to examine this thing thoroughly. We don't give cars that I wouldn't personally receive myself. So when it hits your hands, it's good to go. Come on, somebody ought to, let me show you how to get blessed like that. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice. Man, you're missing a moment. You're missing an opportunity for God to move in your life like that. Praise God. This is what I want you to do. You see that young man right there? He's going to help execute this. I've already given him specific instructions, okay? So at the end of this service, he got on all brown. You can't miss him. <laughs> Find him, okay? And we're going to have that executed before this week is out. Go ahead and praise God all the way back to your seat. Go ahead and praise God. Come on, somebody ought to give God a, a, a one of those... Proverbs 24 and 10. Proverbs 24 and 10. Proverbs 24 and 10 says, I'm going to help you locate yourself. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The word faint means to slacken, to forsake, to leave to become slothful and to weaken. So how many know all of us have a day of adversity? And God says, if you faint in that day, it's because your strength is small. Adversity here means tightness. Things are getting tight, right? Anguish, distress, tribulation, trouble. I mean, sometimes it can feel like it's coming in on all sides. You ever been there where it's like one thing after another? after another. Almost like it come in waves. That's a gift to you. That's a gift to you to show every wave it should have never came to your front door. It's a real gift to you if you process it properly. So as you fade in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your strength then is your capacity, your ability and your force and your power becomes narrow. 
So if I was you, I would want to know then, where do I get my strength from? Right? If I faint in the day of adversity, it means my strength is small. But then where does my strength come from? It's what we're doing right now. It's called 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you get strength from prayer? How many of you get strength from studying the Word of God? How many of you get strength from fasting? But guess what else is strength? Your joy. Don't ever let the devil steal your joy. Right? So then I would ask myself, well, then where do I get joy? The Scripture says that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So then I'd ask myself, well, then how do I get into the presence of the Lord? Full circle. Prayer. Time in the Word. Praise and worship. Fasting. So if I stay in the presence of the Lord, right, I stay in prayer fasting, I'm going to keep my joy, which is going to fuel my strength, which means when all that tightness comes around me, I'll be able to stand in the midst of it and knock it out, and it won't knock me out. And you'll get to a place where you'll start saying to yourself, you know what, devil, if it's a fight you want, then it's a fight you got. Come on, bring that on. If you want some of this, then come on and get it. Because I'm getting ready to pray longer. Come on, somebody. I'm getting ready to study more. I'm getting ready to fast more. Come on, somebody. I'm getting ready to have joy in the midst of this battle. Right? And you'll get to a place where you'll say, you know what, clown? A thousand can fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. But it will not come near me. You'll get to a place where you're looking right in his eye. And you'll say, the Lord is on my side. What can man do unto me? You'll get to a place where you say no weapon formed against me will ever prosper and you'll learn how to have joy in the midst of your adversity let's confuse the devil for a moment we're getting ready to confuse it anybody in a tight spot right now anybody just facing some adversity are you in your day of adversity come on go ahead and express joy right now go ahead and express a level of joy in the face of your enemy Come on, you're attaching yourself to your faith. You're saying to God, I know that you have already brought me out on the other side, and I don't have to wait till I get there. I can give you praise. I can give you glory, and I can have joy in the midst of it. Glory to God. Come on, somebody give God glory in this place. It confuses, literally confuses your enemy. Because he's thinking you should be distressed, you should be oppressed, you should be down and out, you should have stayed in the bed, you should have never put no clothes on, you should have never went to church, you should not have a smile on your face, you don't have any reason to give God joy, and you're saying, oh, no, 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 I've got a million reasons to give God joy, to give him honor, and to give him praise. Come on, you might be in the furnace right now, but your clothes won't even come out smelling like smoke, glory to God, because God is just that good. You'll be that person that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, we threw three people into the fire, but wait, I see a fourth man walking, and he looks like the Son of God. You are not in your adversity by yourself. If God be for you, then who can be against you? Never let the devil steal your joy. It is a strong indicator that I am still in faith. I am still believing God. Strong indicator. 
Somebody say, I will not faint in my day of adversity. My strength will remain strong because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, go ahead and act like you got some, some strength in your life. Glory to God. Let's look at the joy of believing. The joy of believing. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. How many know there's joy in believing God for something? Right? And it's something about telling people what I'm believing for that gives me more joy. I'm talking about when it don't look like nothing happening. I'm still saying we're getting ready to build one of the biggest businesses this side of wherever. I mean, we're just talking like it's just big and it's this big. Come on, somebody. We're treating people to lunch, and we need somebody to treat us to lunch. But I already know how this thing getting ready to turn out, right? Something about a joy that comes from believing. Let's look at Jesus as our example. It says, therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, New King James Verse, since we are surrounded by such a greater cloud of witnesses, Paul and Moses and Abraham, let us lay aside every weight, the stuff that's just slowing us down, and the sin, right? How many of you know all of us have an area of our lives that if we're not careful, it'll creep back up on us? Now, don't try to act spiritual now. I said all of us. I'm talking about sin right now, not a way. All of us have an area of our lives that if we're not careful, because the Scriptures say this so easily entraps us. It says, let us lay aside that, and let us run with endurance. The word endurance means the ability to remain patient and stay under without losing your joy. I mean, there's something when you can go through something with a smile on your face. It says a lot about you and your belief in God. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, all of us have our own individual races. My race is not your race, and your race is not my race. But the key is we've got to run with endurance, right? And then it says, looking unto Jesus. So Jesus is our example. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. But what example did he leave us? It says here, who for the joy that was set before him. That was the opportunity. See, all God's going to do is set a opportunity before you, right? Watch this now. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So, so here's your, he's our example. So that means God's going to set an opportunity in front of you, but there will be a cross you have to endure to get there. See, we want the opportunity without the cross. And you're never going to be greater than your master. So if they beat him, spit on him to get there, how I many of you are going to have to go through some things? But do it with joy because it'll be so worth it when you get to the other side. See, it's so easy to join Linked Up Church today, but where were you when my wife and I were loading bins in our garage in the wintertime and we put our cars outside in the driveway? And load the bins and unload the bins for a mobile church for four years, setting up and breaking down. When our home was the office and the deacons are all in the dining room. I mean, I'm ready for these deacons to go home. I'm tired. <laughs> deacons in the dining room. 
Ministers in the living room. Whole house was the office. Where were you? And then we got to set up and break down from there and go to Marietta. Set up and break down in Marietta before any of this. So easy to join today. Oh, look at God. The real faith was being able to say that when we had nothing. But faith. Thank you, Tonette. Thank you for helping us get here. Thank you. Thank you. So easy today. But the real faith was when it was nothing there. For four years. You don't want none of this. <laughs> then we get here and they messing with us. Before we can have opening day services a couple of hours away and we don't have a permit because he messing with us. How much was it? A couple of thousand every time he come in the building? This is the stuff he would do. Come in with his little measuring stick <laughs> and he measured the step. Oh, that's a half an inch off. Take that carpet off and shave it down. I won't give you your permit until that's exactly the right height. Then he'd come back the next week and he'd say, mm, these rails not tight. And I don't like that style of rail. Take that down and get this style. Now we're a couple of hours before and he's still in the building clowning. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. I'm back in my office. I haven't told anybody. Only two people know. I'm back in my office praying, and guess what? The people are outside the building ready for an opening day service. I mean, a ribbon-cutting ceremony. And I'm like, Lord. <laughs> True story. Am I exaggerating any of this? He gave us the, the occupancy permit. How, how? Two hours, one hour, two hours? Two hours, babe. Two hours before the service started. Y'all don't want none of this. <laughs> what I'm telling you is God has a great door for you. And it's effective. But many adversaries. You can't see the adversary as a part of your problem. You have to see the adversary as a part of your solution. Uh, it's not a lot of people that can handle that. That flew over a lot of people's head right there. You literally have to learn how to process that as they're a part of me getting there. And if I can problem solve and believe God through this, it just makes me better for the next situation I'm in. Drop down to number five. You all have all of this in your notes. I'm going to go ahead and begin to wrap up. I want to give you a few natural and spiritual examples. How many of y'all ready for that great door? I'm telling you, it's coming this year. You sure you want a big door? You, or you want to rethink that after everything you heard today? Because I didn't even get a chance to get into Paul. They, they killed, they thought they, they thought they literally killed Paul and left him for dead. You know what he got up and did? 
Start back preaching again. To the same people who tried to kill him. He didn't lose his joy. They left him for dead. He's done. He was just laying there with his eyes closed. How many of y'all know somebody stoned us to death? God didn't call me to do that. They almost killed me. Can, can we just be honest about that, right or wrong? I miss God on that one because they tried to kill me. Not, not Paul. Paul got up and started preaching again. I just want to set the stage for you. People are not your problem. How can you locate yourself? When you start blaming people for what happened to you, you're not ready yet. When you say it's because of what they did and what they did, you're not ready for that opportunity. I'm telling you today, no one has ever done anything to me but gave me an opportunity. Nobody hurt me, fired me. Nobody did nothing to me but give me an opportunity to demonstrate how big God is. See, so if you find yourself still complaining and blaming people, you're not ready yet. Can I talk to single people for a minute yet? Don't get married. Don't go, ooh. Don't get married if you don't want to deal with adversity. Now, all the married people should have just been waving your hand. All the married folks should have been like, boy, if you ain't hear nothing today, boy, he preaching now. Sit up, sit up, because he preaching now. Come on, come on, ain't married people in here know what I'm talking about. Don't, whatever you do, don't. And I'm going to tell you something else. You know why a lot of people can't get married? They meet people. They can't get through the adversity. Soon as a little bit of it show up, they fold. Oh, that must have resonated right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why a lot of people can't stay married? They can't manage the adversity. Because there's plenty of it in a marriage. Plenty of it. Oh, that's so much of it, my God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's almost like you said something, but they didn't hear it the way you said it. And then we got to go through that, work through that, right? I know what I meant by what I said. No, what you said is you said it the way you said it. But I actually know what I meant. Even if it came out that way, this is what I meant by that. Come on, Mary, folks. Don't leave me out there. See? Because I'm a man, she's a woman. We don't even talk the same. We don't hear the same. Come on, somebody. Every day. Come on, D. Don't leave me out there. Every day is an opportunity. We're looking at the same thing. We don't see it the same way. Now we got to have a conversation about it, but we don't even see it the same way. So, so, So single people adversity. Learn how to get through it so you can get to your opportunities. That's why we want three and a half years so we can really see if we can go through some stuff. Just being friends without sex. 
So I knew nobody was going to say amen on that. <laughs> like, that's what God told y'all to do. He didn't tell us to do that. We all reading the same Bible. Come on, somebody. We all reading the same Bible. Come on. I'm losing time. Let me stop messing with y'all. Thomas Edison failed 32,000 times before he perfected the reproduction of the human voice, which was later called the phonograph. Right? He didn't quit. He persevered until he got it done. Legend has it that Thomas Edison failed over 30-something thousand times before he managed to create uh, the indescent uh, light bulb. Edison says, or incandescent light bulb. Edison says he didn't get discouraged. Instead, he looked at each unsuccessful experiment as being one step closer to finding the method that really worked. What a lesson in optimism and perseverance. Barry Bonds holds the major league record for home runs in a season, 73. Most career home runs, 762. But he struck out over 1,600 times. Nobody remembers how many times he struck out. I only remember the home runs he hit. Michael Jordan scored 32,292 points in his career, fifth all-time on the all-time scoring list. But these are his quotes. This is a, his words. This is a quote. I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost over 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over again in my life, and that's precisely why I succeed. Managing adversity. Some Christians never stay with things long enough to overcome the adversity that comes along with the opportunity. Sometimes as believers, these are things that we do. I confessed three times and I didn't get healed. This stuff doesn't work. I tithed twice, and the windows of heaven never opened for me. <laughs> we went out a few times, and it just didn't work out. How many of you know people of faith can't be kept down? We just keep getting back up, getting back up and getting back up, and getting back up, okay? I'm going to close here. This is what I believe the Lord said to me specifically about Linked Up Church. It's in Revelations chapter 3, verse 8. And if you know, this is the book, the chapter, where God uh, wrote letters to the seven churches, right? And he used language like this. He said, to the angel of the church at Philadelphia, to the angel of the church at Laodicea. And if you look up the word angel in the Greek, the, the letter was written to the pastor. And so when he told me Revelations 3.8 was for me, I mean, I got a little nervous because I know he's getting ready to tell, tell me about what he feels about this church. And so I had to go back and research the church at Philadelphia, which this is actually written to. And it was such a relief to me because it was actually a church that he was pleased with. And I said, God, well, well, talk to me a little bit more. What God specifically said to me is, I'm pleased with you all because you worked through the pandemic and you trusted me. Amen. Right? And then that wasn't all he said to me. And then you trusted me with the people. You, you and your wife trusted me with the people that I committed to your care. And I asked him to talk to me a little bit more about that. And he began to show me that during the pandemic, how I many know oh, you should be cutting back? 
But we kept all of our employees whole, even our contractors. Even though they worked less services, didn't need to be here as much, we kept all of their pay and we kept them whole. And of course, God gets all the glory for that, right? And God kept linked up church. Linked up church didn't miss a beat, didn't lose anything. And the beautiful part is when we brought the second service back, look around. All of you all showed up. So it was almost like we never stopped. And he picked us right back up where we left off. This is the word that he gave me for linked up church. He said, I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door. And this is what he said, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, you have kept my word, and you've not denied my name. So this year will present many doors of opportunities for all of us. So when God gives you a dream or a vision, don't let go of it. Write it down. Keep it before your eyes, and you'll always be headed in the right direction. This will help you so that you don't lose direction in the midst of your adversity. That's what God gave me for Linked Up Church. And so this year, folks, God's going to present us corporately with a huge door. It's a great and effective door. I'm telling you, what he's showing me is huge. And it's something that only he can do. But he's also preparing me because what he tells me and shows me about the enemy is sometimes the same time he presents one, Satan will present one. And if you don't have this ability to discern and pray through to know which one he opened and which one Satan opened, you'll end up going through the wrong door. So that's what we're going to do in closing today. You'll see some prayer cards right there in the seat pocket in front of you. Okay? I know the Spirit of God is speaking to you individually about things that are going on in your lives and doors that you're either believing for him to open or doors that you just are praying about that you want to open. Whatever your situation is, I want you to write it down as a prayer request. They're prayer cards right in the seat pocket in front of you. Write it down. And then in a moment, the ushers are going to come and they're going to receive all of those prayer cards. Okay? Just write what down, whatever it is God's place or whatever he's showing you. Let me say it that way. Could be a, a job opportunity. Could be a business. Could be a relationship. I don't know. Could be, you know more about it than anyone does. But write it down. I want to write mine down again. And just take a few moments to do that. I'm just saying something up underneath that. Just take a few moments to do that. On this card, it says prayer request. If you're a first-time visitor here, just write the date and your name at the top. Check which box you're believing God for, for doors of opportunity to open for you. And then just write down in the special note what that is. I'm going to write mine down. What I want to do is at the end of this year, I'm actually literally going to go back in and pull mine out. To remind myself. One of them, last week at the 8.30 service, I wrote down what I needed a breakthrough in. I saw it one hour later. One hour later. I'm going to go back and look at all of these and just see how God's been so faithful and trustworthy. Go ahead and sing something. This is how I find my battles. 
This is how I fight my battle. And this is where we win our battle. This is where we win our battle. Whoa, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Because this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I find my battles, yeah. This is how I find my
many of y'all are done? How many of y'all have already written yours down? Okay, ushers, hostesses, if we can go ahead and collect those as quickly as we possibly can. Okay? We're going to all join our faith and add our agreement. Every opportunity. We won't miss. Every, we won't miss the opportunities that God presents to us uh, this year. People are already sharing testimonies with me after that first service about opportunities that have already been presented to them. Ushers, just go ahead and collect those. They're going to sing a little bit more while they're collecting all of your prayer requests. This is how I find. Come on. This is how I find my This is how I find my This is how I find my This is how we find it. This is how I find my say it by faith. I've already won my battle. The adversity that I'm facing is an opportunity for me to win and to win and gain 
the greatest opportunity I've ever been presented in my life. Stretch your hands towards this bucket. And so, Father, I join my faith right now because you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. If you said it, you promised that there would be a performance of it. And, Father, you said that if two or three are gathered together in your name, you are right there in the midst, Father. Whatever we make good here on earth, you'll make it good in heaven. And so, Father, every opportunity written down today, ministering angels, we release you to go forth and cause these to supernaturally come to pass. Father, you promised us you would confirm your word with signs and wonders following in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that prayer, would you go ahead and shout and give God glory, giving praise. Come on, open up your mouth and give God glory. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away. And you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.